welcome to another episode of the Live to Accomplish podcast by Nathan Shooter. For more inspiring content, blogs, and videos, visit nathanshooter.com. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of my brand new podcast, Live to Accomplish. And I'm going to be making it my mission to help you and myself seek the simple things out of life to create significant things. And um, I'm pretty excited about this. It's a brand new endeavor for me. And um, if you haven't already, you can head over to new site, uh, nathanshooter.com. And um, you can check out the blog you prefer to read stuff rather than listen and also some videos as well in time to come and on there there's some really um easy options there to connect with me as as well as on um, the usual things like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And um, if you've got some suggestions about things that we can cover or questions you might have, I'm really keen to know about it. And I want to just, I guess, give you a kickstart um, into the subject matter, which I might be covering in the next couple of episodes, I'm going to be looking at timing. When is the best time to do things? Whether in this episode, as the case is about starting a business or an endeavor, or perhaps starting a life ambition that you've always had brewing away in your in your heart. So in this next couple of episodes, we're going to be focusing on timing, you know, when it is the right time to either start and indeed finish things as well. Because it's not only about when you start things, it's about persistence for the middle and also when to let things just naturally um, finish up as well. That's equally as important. So today we want to look at um, the whole concept of when should you start a business? And for myself, I've got a, um, a creative agency and um, what that does is we kind of develop um, design, video and um, web solutions to, to creative problems, or I guess in a more positive sense, that answers a creative need that a client has. And two types of clients mainly um, approach me, and that is either one where they're starting from absolute zero, a blank piece of paper, a blank canvas, or two, people who are already in business and wanting to pivot or to make some kind of transformative change. That could be through a a rebranding or a renaming or even just changing their aesthetic. So we're going to have a look at the first one, which is, basically zero. Where do we make a start? When do we make a start? And I really love to work with startup businesses because it's like there is infinite possibility. And that also on the other side of the coin is equally as terrifying. And I know that for myself, even just getting this podcast started, getting the website and the blogs, like, man, I just overthink things just way too much. I don't know whether I'm the only one that does that. I don't think that I would be, but I can just get so caught up in the analysis that I end up getting paralyzed and not actually making a start. Some friends who I said that I was going to do this, kick me in the pants saying, basically, where is it? Like you, you told us you were going to do this stuff and where is it? And to be honest, I just kind of had that lack of self-confidence where you just kind of go, you know what, I'm going to do this thing. But then when it comes time to doing it, you end up being paralyzed or just or really honestly stunning yourself into a freeze mode. So when is the right time to start a business? 
or to start any endeavor for that matter. On the blog, I wrote, if you're waiting for the perfect time, then give up. But then in brackets, waiting, that is, don't give up on the idea. And for me, since early high school, I knew that traditionally employment wouldn't be the main way that I earned a living. Um, My first job was at the legal Australian age of 14 years and nine months, and my parents quite lovingly, put us out into the um, workforce and told us to go and find something. And so I did. And it was in the days where um, you were given a little yellow envelope at the end of the week with cash in there, none of this um, direct deposit business. And my hourly rate, I think, was from memory $4.85 an hour. Um, And yeah, that's pretty amazing cash, right? And so that first job was folding socks and undies and singlets and um, sorting out clothes and selling them over the counter. You know, it wasn't an illustrious start to the employment um, life for me, but I knew that it was just a stepping stone. And like I said, from school, I knew that I wanted to do a creative endeavor of some sort. And I also knew that I didn't want to work for, in quote, the man. But um, you know what? you got to do things in order. And um, I really wanted to go and work for some other people so I could learn um, craft, skill, business, acumen, and so on. And so um, if you've been reading the blog, um, just some reflective notes. Well over 10 years ago, we did a trip with some friends in a in their band and we went all through America. We went f- uh, from, you know, LA right through to New York and everywhere in between. It was really, really an amazing experience. And it was my 20th birthday um, um, that was spent in Seattle. And by the way, my brother forgot it was my birthday and he was with me. So if you're listening, um, you still owe me. So we were in Seattle, always raining. We visited the famous Space Needle muse- uh, museums and restaurants uh, with meals. Honestly, that could serve four, not one. And I think looking back now, it's travel um, that really expanded my mind. And I believe it's true that travel and worldview are linked. And during the time in the US that I spent with that band, um, we met families in small regional areas um, where the cinemas even closed during the day, right through to amazing musicians in underground jazz clubs in New York. And we met a whole plethora of, of different kinds of people as well, like leaders, business people, even billionaires who owned private jets. And it wasn't people's, um, you know, mega earnings or mega wealth um, that made an impact on me. It was the fact that these people um, I observed to have the ability to seem to be able to control their earning. And I thought for myself, you know what, I need the ability to influence on how I um, earn. And so what I did is then um, when I came back home, which is Dubbo in New South Wales, Australia, and so what I decided to do is go, you know what, I want to start with what I know. So two things at school is I knew that I didn't want to work for someone else the rest of my life, but I also didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And so I thought, well, you start with what you know and start from the beginning. So, you know, many in-flight magazines and security checks later, we landed back home and um, I found the the big jacket that I had left behind, which I bought just for the trip. And um, so what I decided to do is to go into a business of my own. 
And I did have to go back to my, my workplace where I had taken time off from um, without, without pay to do the trip. But what I began to do is to fill and pack my spare time with uh, business books and design magazines and any creative inspiration um, that I could draw from. And that was a more difficult task given that Facebook, Pinterest, um, Instagram, none of that even existed then. Um, So yeah, I found myself becoming obsessed with finding a way to turn my natural abilities and talents into a revenue stream. And so for some of us, that's the first place we need to start is to go, I know I have this desire to go and start a business or to start this new thing, but I don't know where to begin. And my clearest, simplest um, guidance for you on that would just be start with what you know. And so for me, creativity seemed to make most sense. So by age 21, I launched a, a business with a little laptop, little little green laptop, and I had my first client and my very first paid creative project, which I can tell you wasn't a very highly paid one, but it was a paid gig nonetheless. So I was finally in the game. You know, I was using my skills to pay the bills, um, small bills as they were back then. And when you receive payment or reward for doing something that really gives you joy uh, while using your natural abilities, it's a real rush um, and you know you're in the right place. So it's really quite simple to make a start. I know it's very daunting. Like for me, just getting this blog podcast ready, it was utterly terrifying, to be honest. I thought I was a reasonably well-adjusted, confident person. But to be honest, I didn't realize how insecure I was. And so the next thing we come to is risk and reward. And this is a very important component of, of the when question. When do we go into business? And you do not have to have all your ducks in a row to get into business or to get into your new idea. Because if you you wait and wait for that perfect culmination of circumstances to come together, it's probably going to be an old idea by then. And the fact is those perfect circumstances may never eventuate. So risk and reward. So we all have differing thresholds we can handle. So for myself, I'm a fairly agile thinker. Um, I'm happy with change. I like and almost thrive on change, um, as a lot of us do who might be um, that way inclined. And so I went down to the bank as a 21-year-old with $20 in my pocket. And um, But then afterwards, a person in a similar business to mine that I was starting said to me, you know what, Nathan, there's really no market in our area for what you're doing. And I don't think you'll last six months. Like, way to go for encouraging a young person in regional Australia to um, go and live out their dream. So what I did was politely thank them for their advice and moved on. Um, So they told me I wouldn't last six months, but that was 12 years ago. And so if you're truly ready for the adventures of being self-employed or even just um, co-partnering with someone, then essentially this is what you're doing you are inviting both risk and reward to be your constant companions. And that's a kind of double-edged thing. I thrive on the idea of change, albeit not too much risk, because I like patterns and regularity, but I also love reward, uh, emotional, financial, relational. And you cannot have the reward without the impetus of having risk up and going. 
So they're going to be your constant companions. So rather than fighting it, we need to go, you know what? I'm going to make a start with whether it's a business thing or an idea thing. But you have to then satisfy yourself that once you start, you're inviting risk and reward to be your companions. So over to you now. Are you ready to start? Are you ready to get your business off the ground or to get your idea up and running? I really want to encourage you to have a time of reflection on 10 questions that I've compiled for you. And if you're driving, you can pull over and access these on the website, maybe at a later time. These are 10 questions which I asked myself when I started this blog podcast. See, Similar to you, I probably had a you know really great plan, some cool ideas, and the excitement that went along with it. But then when it made sense to actually start, I'm just going, oh, hang on, maybe I can just wait. Maybe I can wait for a better time, or maybe a more perfect set of circumstances. And that's what can cause you to go into paralysis and to not ever achieve anything. So we need each other, you know, to kick each other in the pants and say, have you done what you said that you would do? And so these 10 questions are a really great way to give ourselves some confidence to go out and start things. So it's important to self-analyze before the fact and not just during or after. Number one is what abilities do other people recognize in me? Perhaps you're at a workplace and people are constantly saying to you, hey, mate, you're really amazing at the way you do such and such. Or, wow, you're a real natural at the way you handle people. Or you're really great with the manner in when you deal with this and that. Think about those things as cues. People are telling you inadvertently that you have an ability that perhaps you don't automatically recognize in yourself. So it's really key for you to take some notes, perhaps just mental notes, um, to just go, okay, what are people saying? What are, what are people noticing about how I do life and business or work? That's a really great way to start. Number two is what are my natural talents that I can trade on? How is a talent different to an ability? Well, a talent, you might already be in that zone of talent. And by that, I mean, just say you already are a painter and you're doing some really great work as a painter. So perhaps what you can do is then trade on that talent that you're already using. So maybe you can do some painting tuition or some classes in the weekends. So you're taking a natural talent that you've already done the part one of recognizing, but then you're doing part two and that's trading on that or monetizing it if you want to use that word. Then we come to number three, and this is a really big one, and that is this. What problem could my business solve for other people? And you might think that's a bit of an odd or a negative question even, but really this is key because when you're going out there and saying to people, you know, I'm doing this new thing or I'm going to do this new thing, you're going to have to be in a position to be able to answer people about what benefit it's going to bring to them. So whether it's something artistic or right through to something operational or technical, you still are solving a problem for people. And that's really valuable because if you can stand up and clearly define what it is that you can do to improve other people's life, then the value or the money or the reward will come. See, the marketplace is whispering to you, you know, this is a good idea, but it's saying to you, you've done a good job when you start being paid for the work that you do. And now on to number four, which is why am I starting a business? You might think this is a really basic question or a really overly simplistic one, 
But the reason I've included this is that, as we know, all storybooks have a beginning and a middle and an end, but it's the middle and towards the end that sometimes we can find things less shiny and less appealing, and we can often wander off track and look for an out. And this is where number four of the why comes in. So this question is about reminding you about what it is that it was your primary motivation to start. You know, what is it about this business um, that caused you to be so passionate to start it up in the first place? And there's probably many reasons and many great reasons for that matter that you started the business, but I want to encourage you to be very clear on what those reasons are. Why? Because then in those shadows of those moments where you're feeling the pressure of what you do, it's very easy for you to just instantly recall your motivations for what you do. Okay, so number five. Now, this is a good one as well. Am I prepared to spend the time and money needed to get it started? So time and money are both resources. Time, unlike money, we can't get more of. So divide your time up. Be very, very intentional about how you are going to spend your time. Because I see time as currency and you're going to have to choose to spend it economically. So really be committed to the idea of knowing that you're going to have to put a lot of time on the front end and hopefully more manageable amounts of time during the rest of the business startup. Then there's part B to this number five question, and that's the money part. Do you have enough to get going? Do you have enough investment perhaps, or a venture capitalist, or a a loan even, or a a family or friend loan, or even just your own savings? You are going to have to put something on the line, because if if it's going to be something of reward, that means that there's going to be some kind of cost or investment in the beginning. And for me, I took my $20 and marched down to the bank. And, um, you know, now I've enjoyed the fruits of that very small, meager investment. And you might also be creative about other things like perhaps government grants or other things and initiatives that you may not know about now, but research can reveal. Number six, this is a really big one. Do I have the energy, people and knowledge I need? Now, energy, you can look at this in a whole bunch of different complex ways. Um, But for me, energy can be divided up into mental and physical energy. And um, when I started, I probably had a lot of energy. Um, And, you know, in the the years ensuing, I was working in something like five time zones and it was just really, really rough on the body. And so I was just going, you know what, I have to prepare to uh, invest everything I can, um, not only in time and money like we addressed, but also in energy. Am I mentally fit enough to keep up with the thing that I've started? And years later, I decided to reduce my international work and just cut back to Australia and New Zealand. And um, that was a very deliberate choice as part of health and, like I said, the energy, physical and mental energy. So people, what about people? Do you need help to get going? Do you need people who need to walk with you to get this thing up and running? See, for myself, um, starting up as a sole trader, I was exactly that, a sole trader. And so I didn't necessarily need staff with me, but I did lock in mentors and friends and family who could be my supporters. So yes, I absolutely say to every single person, even if you're a one-man band, you must have people doesn't mean they're paid staff or a board even, but you still have to have your people reserve. And what about knowledge? 
Do you need to get a degree or some other certificate to be compliant to do what you need to do? Or do you simply need other tertiary kind of experiences perhaps that life can bring? So have a bit of a stock take moment of the knowledge that you currently have and then put it on a piece of paper, a line down the middle, and then the other half of it saying the gap. What training gaps do I have to be able to do what I want to do with authority? All right, number seven, we're getting through the list, is am I comfortable with risk and reward coexisting? Now, that's a whole another thing in itself. Am I comfortable as a person knowing that, yes, there'll be risk, but also, yes, there'll be reward because I've taken that risk? Pretty self-explanatory. Number eight, who is my competition? Now, this question is a two-sided one. Who are the people or the companies in your sector who are doing things already that are similar to what you're going to do? What are they doing? What are they doing really innovatively? Or what are the gaps of things they're not doing so well? Go and research. Go and find out, or what I would call break-even research. Go and find out what they do. But then the flip side of that is something that which I've always done is look for competition outside your industry. So maybe you should use a different word, not competition. But for myself, I think, what are people who are in a similar vein doing outside my industry? What can I learn from an opposite industry, like a random different um, industry than from mine? Because chances are you can apply innovation and unique ideas across to a different sector altogether. And that can bring some amazing results. And now the second last question, number nine, it's the big if. If it doesn't work out, could I pick myself up and move beyond the setback? This is a kind of a question that my approach is always, yes. Maybe I'm naive, but I'm, I think that I'll always be young enough to start again. doesn't matter how old I get. I want to have the mindset of being mentally agile enough to keep on having a go. And so for you, we're comfortable, like we said earlier, with the risk and reward coexisting as two companions. But what if it ends up being risk as the main character the whole time. Could you pick yourself up? Could you get beyond the setback? Do you have the the people equity, like we said earlier, to help you walk through that? Could you look yourself in the mirror and go, you know what, I can go again. What about your emotional resilience? Do you think you could honestly say to yourself, I'm happy with risk and reward, and if it ends up being more risk than reward, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to go again. If the answer is yes, you're in the right place. And here we come to number 10, and that is, can I test run a business idea before I quit my current job? So this is a really big one because this is where the barrier most often lies with people who are in a full-time regular job and who have this dream of starting a business, but then there's the awkward adolescence between the idea of you know the business staying as figment of imagination or becoming a reality. And for myself, I was fortunate enough to be able to work for people who were able to put me on part-time and then casual. And then when I was comfortable with how much I was earning from the new business, I finished up and then went full-time with the business. So if possible, I would encourage you to do a, a moment of journaling, talk to people about it. So perhaps consider how you could allow your two different worlds to converge. World A being your current traditional work and world B, the one you want to create with your business or your new idea. 
Is there a way perhaps that you could indeed go casual or part-time and run the idea that you have on the side as a side business? And obviously, you know, be honest with your current employer as well and say, hey, you know, can you, uh, you know, appreciate what I'm doing and help me do this? And, you know, they might be happy to let you do less hours um, because you, when you do work for the business, you really help their business run well. So lots to think on there. So some really clear simple questions to ask ourselves before we get going on a new venture. And um, if you want to add to the list, if you've got things that you've asked yourself when you moved from a regular work to a new business, then I'd love to hear about it. Put it in the comments on whatever social platform you're on or on my website. I'd love to hear what strategies have really worked for you so we can share that with others who are listening. And I just want to encourage you that, you know, we are set to win. We are in one of the greatest times in history where it literally has never been as easy to start a new business or to go and start an idea. It doesn't have to be a commercial business, but what an amazing time in history that we've been placed in where it's so, so accessible to go and start something for yourself. So in everything you do, I encourage you to live to accomplish, take small, simple steps to some significant outcomes. So I look forward to joining you on the next show. Thanks very much. Find more content from Nathan on most social media channels and at nathanshooter.com.